Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top. Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular. I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Browning, brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett. Yeah, the man is a menace. Yeah, building a dynasty. Some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Slice a fox, cultured in pop, give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box, and you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire, I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, yeah, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Go. What is going on, everybody? It is Friday. We have kicked off week three in, I guess, somewhat beautiful fashion. It was really good for the Miami Dolphins, not quite as good for the Jacksonville Jaguars, which we were hoping was going to uh, be kind of, I, I said easy, hoping for kind of a shootout. Did not turn out that way. We got Dennis and Matt well, the, back with the menu era comes to Friday. an end. How you guys doing? Uh, I know. Start getting ready ragged. for Trevor Lawrence 2021, baby. Yeah, running ragged today, trying to keep up. Yeah, Yeah, instead of a shootout, it was more of a shooting. But (laughs) (laughs) one one side came prepared. One side left their guns at home. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it is what it is. Let's just jump into it. Let's talk about it. The the Dolphins 31, Jags uh, 13. As you mentioned, Dolphins really came prepared in this one. Uh, Dennis is rocking the IDP Army shirt for those of you who are not watching. For those of you who are watching, maybe can see it. I can't tell. On my screen, it's covered up by not prepared at all, so I can't tell if you can see it or not. Uh, but Fitz Magic comes through for you with 25 points if you ended up starting him. Miles Gaskin, 14. Parker, 11.9. Preston Williams, 8.7, and probably the most disappointing, in my opinion, Mike Gesicki, just 8.5 points. I was hoping for a big game from him as I I swapped him out with Miles Gaskin. Really not much to take away from that, though. I mean, Preston Williams and Devontae Parker have both been producing at what you expect them to produce. Ryan Ryan Fitzmagic has one of his games, which you can expect every once in a while. The interesting thing here is Gaskin. He had a ton of carries had most of the work, but was getting vultured down at the goal line by Jordan Howard. Your guys' thoughts on Miles Gaskin and this backfield for the Miami Dolphins? Well, I I think he showed that they want to give him a shot this year um, to be the between-the-20s guy. He's going to get most of the volume. Breida is going to spell him on passing downs, um, and Jordan Howard is the short yardage guy. I think it's uh, – very Belichickian thing that uh, Flores has going on there. He's putting people in their specialized roles and uh, running with them. So I think for the most part, Gaskin is the guy to own. Um, if the Dolphins start moving the ball a lot, then you could potentially end up getting a couple two touchdown games from Howard. 
but I think Gaskin's the guy. Uh, I just wish that uh, Preston Williams would get more, do more with the volume he does get, and then get more volume on top of that. So, yeah, we'll we'll pour one out for Preston. Also, Phil, thanks for coming back today and commenting after we screwed you by telling you Ryan Fitzpatrick was not a good start last night. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, about that. <laughs> um. Yeah, I like Gaskin. I think he could be low-end RB2, high-end RB3 uh, with what he is getting. He seems to be getting enough work as a passer. The real shock here is a lot of us had had some good hopes for Matt Breida when he was traded uh, from the 49ers. thought he was going to kind of slot into the role that we're now seeing that Gaskin has taken. So Breida kind of the odd man out. Jordan Howard, um, man. Between him and yeah. and Fitzmagic's goal line carries, uh, you know, that's got to be a killer. I think we were noting last night Gaskin got one carry inside uh, the 10. Um, so I, the goal line work probably just not going to be there. To me, that limits his ceiling, but he seems to have a pretty stable floor. Yeah, like we talked about on the podcast yesterday, too, it, it, the catches is what helps him out a lot. He's still going to get some work there. And they were obviously up in this game, so you saw a little bit less of that. I think if they're behind in games, those catches and yards will obviously help you out even more. Again, it's just going to be you're you're going to have he's going to have to break something big. It looks like to get into the end zone, and that week he's going to come through for you big time. On Jacksonville side, I mean, really, Robinson was the only one that came through for you. Nine point two points from Minshew. Uh, Robinson gets you thirty point nine. Chanel eight point four. I mean, what the hell with Keelan Cole? Like we 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 thought maybe he'd take a step forward. Nothing. Uh, is Robinson a for sure, just you're slotting it in as your RB2 now every single week. Are you worried at all? I know we lit, talked about this a little bit last week, but are you worried at all about uh, Divine Ozigbo and um, I don't even remember who his name is, Rykel Armstead coming back? Well, I... I Dennis was so choked up about Divine Ozigbo and his potential loss of touches that he throws. But uh, I like Robinson. Uh, I think what we saw, too, there was a question about what was Chris Thompson going to do being a passing back. Robinson was getting most of that passing work uh, as well, which, you know, for the same reason that you like a Miles Gaskin, he looks pretty good except for he actually gets goal line carries. There is probably still a little bit of room to have some caution because when one or two of those other backs becomes available, do one or two of one of them end up in like a Jordan Howard type role coming in because they're, you know, because they want to just throw them in the goal line packs. Um, but right now I, I feel like Robinson might be, you know, all those zero RB people every year seem to find one or two guys that uh, they were able to aggressively play on the waiver wire that, uh, that kind of proves the theory Robinson's feeling pretty good in that, sense for this year yeah i i think that man it keeps freezing him right after that they're just they just don't the fantasy guys do not want you to say anything about divine Zigbo here dennis i don't know why there we go now you're back let's see am i back am i back? you are there we go there we go well i think it's robinson's job to lose but I do think that uh, he potentially could lose it quickly if Ozigbo or Armstead um, 
get in there and make things happen. Uh, I don't think the Jaguars have anything to lose. Uh, they, they don't look like they're going to be a great team this year. Uh, I think I picked them at 3-13, and 13, so it's going to be a long next 11, what is it, next 13 games for them if if that's correct. Uh, but they're also paying it, playing at a really, really slow pace. So Jay Gruden has slowed that offense down compared to what it was last year, and that takes some of that wild card Gardner Minshew uh, process out of it. So – We'll have to see what happens with that. If they get start getting behind, is Gruden going to go quicker and pick up the pace? And we'll see what happens with Robinson. I like where Robinson's at and what he's doing. Uh, I unfortunately did not believe soon enough and roster him currently on zero of 22 teams. Yeah, I think that's my biggest thing too. I didn't uh... – I thought it was going to be Armstead or Ozigbo, so those are the two that I kind of went all in on. So for those of you that went in on Robinson, I mean, you've got a, a little potential league winner right now. With If he's going to continue to put up 30 points a week for a dude you got off the waiver, it's almost Philip Lindsay-esque from a couple years ago. You get Philip Lindsay off the waiver wire, there's a good chance you're going to the championship with the points that he's going to put up. We eating all day, bro. I'm hitting you every time. Every time you come as well, I'm going to hit you. I'm not going to be able to do that. All right, moving on to previews. First game up, we're going to do the Rams and the Bills, both teams sitting at 2-0. and oh. For the Los Angeles Rams, uh, what I'm going to give you guys is our consensus ranking. So the three, is this include Ricky's ranking as well, Matt, or just the three of us? You're muted. Yeah, it's the consensus offer. Okay, gotcha. So these are the consensus rankings from me, Dennis, Matt Fox, and Ricky Valero of the Debbie Delight, who rank players every single week. Uh, so right now, we all have Henderson at 32, Cup at 12, Woods at 14, and Tyler Higby at 4. We're kind of all over the place here in this offense. Dennis, you have Goff at 27, Henderson at 34, and both receivers high. I am higher on golf and Henderson, but lower on the receivers, and we all love Higby. So what are we expecting from this? It seems like, Dennis, you're expecting more of a passing game where I am expecting more of a run game. I'll let you go first, Dennis. Well, I think with Akers out and Malcolm Brown hobbled a little bit, uh, it's I, I think they're going to be forced more into the two tight end, three wide receiver sets. And while – that probably doesn't bode well for my golf ranking. Um, I, I do think that there's, uh, you know, the Bills have a good defense. So I, I feel like this is a game. Goff has less opportunities. He, uh, that's when he starts to make mistakes. So this could be a, a, a tough game for Goff there. Yeah, and I, I think I had the receivers a touch lower because the Bills have some strong corners. 
um, you know, we figure whoever gets Tredavious White um, is probably going to be a little lower. I'm guessing that's going to be Woods, uh, and I think yeah. that's why he's lower of the two. Because last week we, I think we both we all had Woods higher than Cup. That's probably why he's lower. But I think Goff can still do well. He's been pretty solid this season. I liked what I saw from Darrell Henderson last week. Uh, Brown's off the injury report now because he's practicing in full, so he's not carrying a designation. Um, so that worries me a little bit, but I, I thought there was a good chance that they're going to feed Henderson because obviously Brown was banged up. Um, so they might be holding him back a little bit. And, you know, Higby has been killing it last week's three tight, three touchdowns at tight end um, caused me to get upended to my subordinate in my work league, which was spectacular. So uh, I'm sure he's going to keep going. Yeah, I think for me that that was part of the reason why I had the receivers a little bit lower. I do expect White to be on Woods. He's a phenomenal cornerback, so a couple probably gets in play. But for me, the reason I I, I, I shouldn't say assume, I think it's going to be more of a Higby running game, is you do have Tremaine Edmonds and Milano, Matt Milano both coming in banged up in this one. Milano is questionable. I think Tremaine is as well. But I, from everything I heard on radio yeah. today, there's a lot of talk that – Because yeah, I have him in IDP. Yeah, that neither one may even play because of the injury, especially Milano with the hamstring. I think Edmonds is, is has a better chance, but Milano, there's a real shot he doesn't play. So if they don't play, I think that opens the field up for Higby, and I think it allows Henderson to run more. So I just kind of, for me, I, I think they're going to go more that route than necessarily passing, especially with as good as White is. I love Robert Woods, but I, I think White's going to be able to shut him down for the most part. So for me, that's just kind of where I came in ranking them. I still think you're starting all of them regardless. There's no way that you're not. Uh, for the Bills side here, uh, we have Allen at 6, Singletary at 28, and Diggs at 23. Now, Singletary, I would assume, is going to get a bump from all of us. When we did our rankings, Moss was not ruled out. He was ruled out today. I didn't so. actually rank Moss when we did it the okay. first time. I think that might be why I was the highest on Singletary. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be honest. When I did my first rankings, because it was so late on into the night Wednesday, I honestly didn't even know Moss had a chance to miss. I don't, I don't think I had him high, but I know uh, – I had him ranked. Uh, Diggs has looked phenomenal. I, I guess my key thing here is, or, or I guess how high? How high are we bumping up Singletary? He, it's going to be all him. We know that Allen's likely going to steal some goal line work, but it's going to be Singletary's turn to just have the ball to himself. Well, by some goal line work, do you mean all? I think he get like nine <laughs> out of ten carries. Singletary will get one, I'm sure. He'll so, get the full uh, Miles Gaskin is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, I think he's gonna. You know, this this could be a TJ Yeldon game. Uh, just kidding. Uh, no, okay, single like, carry. Oh, tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's gonna be a Singletary show from the running back position. Um, but against the Rams, you know they're gonna have to. You know, Allen with his rushing game and his ability to avoid tacklers, I think they're going to get him moving and that's going to allow, you know, John Brown to get more involved. Diggs is going to get his, um, I I think in this game, but it'll be the secondary receivers. Can they do something? Um, Because Singletary, you know, there's a reason that TJ Yeldon uh, doesn't get any play. Um, You know, it's not, and it's not because Singletary and Moss are elite. It's more because, uh, you know, he's uh, clearly not. 
And I think for me, I'll probably bump him up a little bit, but I'm still saying low-end RB2 even with Moss out because even with him and Moss both in there, he was getting more of the work, and that hasn't really mattered. They've seemed to be more focused on passing. John Brown had been, uh, you know, we mentioned yesterday, had missed some or limited in practice with a foot. He practiced in full today. He's off the injury report. Knox is out. But I think I think they're still going to use those three receivers. And even though some people wanted to argue it was a little bit of a fluke that Josh Allen ended up taking a lot of the rushing touchdowns last year, he started out doing the same thing this year. I just don't, you know, I think that limits probably to kind of like what we saw with Miles Gaskin a little bit. Uh, before we pick the game, John Brown or Cole Beasley, you think, has the better games. I, I do expect Jalen Ramsey's probably going to match up with Stephon Diggs most of the time. So would you – I mean, we've me and Matt have obviously talked about it on the Monday shows. Uh, John Brown has been able to carve out that role opposite Diggs, which kind of has been surprising for us. So would you guys think that Bron- Brown Brown has that chance even with – I mean, they have a decent secondary. You think maybe it's more of like a slot player like Cole Beasley? Well, I could definitely see Beasley or even Knox getting involved if if Edmonds and Milano are out. So that may be an area where they do attack is is oh, in wait. that short area with Milano Knox. and our, the Bills. I thought we were talking. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. damn it. All right, <laughs> Matt, to you. And Knox is out. He is officially. Out. Oh, I see. I um, didn't even know that. Yeah, Dawson Knox is out with a concussion. I don't. I don't think I realized he had that situation going on. Yeah. I think it's going to be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, he just got ruled out uh, yesterday um, or early this morning. I saw it because I have actually have a roster in a few places. Um, I still think it's Diggs Brown and then Beasley, but I think we've seen all of them be involved, which is another reason we weren't sure they could keep three receivers involved. It's seemingly come at the expense of the running backs, which is something yeah which is one of the reasons I'm not too quick to just vault uh, Singletary uh, right up there. And, you know, Diggs probably will get matched up on Ramsey. We've seen Ramsey play uh, the Cowboys. It did not matter. Um, they were yeah. actually throwing at him. I'm not sure, you know, I'm not sure it will matter a ton this week either. It only mattered against the Eagles because they fundamentally don't have receivers. Well, I'm hoping for Beasley because, uh, as you know, my Devontae Adams issues, he actually ended up on the waiver wire today, so that's why I picked up to replace Devontae Adams. So here's hoping, Beasley, you can come through it's for me. probably buddy. better me this than week. Willie Sneed. It is definitely better than yeah. Willie Sneed. That's why as soon as I saw they dropped him, I was like, oh, God, give me him. Give me him. There we go. Here's hoping for six points instead of four. Uh, who are you guys picking, the Rams or the Bills? Taking the Bills at home. I think I went. Yeah, Rams. I'm, I'm, I'm going Bills. Sure. All right. I wish I could remember. I think I went Rams. Las Vegas Raiders versus the New England Patriots. Very surprisingly, the Raiders coming in at two and zero. Patriots, I think, obviously could be two and zero. I mean, really got stopped on that just amazing play on the goal line. Where I mean, it sucked for Cam Newton. But uh, for the Raiders side here, the the best two guys we have ranked, Josh Jacobs coming in at RB4 and Darren Waller tied in five. We are split on car, though. Me and Dennis both have him um, as in the QB3. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Yeah. Uh, we have him as a QB3, and then uh, Fox has him as QB17. Uh, what are we expecting from the receivers, though? Ruggs is out. 
I hate to say this because I am very big on him, and I feel like I've been saying this for the past two weeks, but I kind of feel like this is trending toward a Brian Edwards game. There was a story that came out earlier today that the Patriots are focusing in all in on Darren Waller, and we do know that Bill Belichick takes away their best weapon. You can argue that's Waller or Jacobs. I would think they're going to try and take away Waller and force Carr to beat them. So could this be an Edwards game, or are you just expecting it? I mean, you're starting him like as a hope and a prayer, but just kind of your thoughts on what you think offense is going to do. Well, it is Belichick going to use Stefan Gilmore to take Waller away. Um, if the answer is no, um, I don't think so. Then I think then I think that may be a rough spot for Edwards. Um, if Edwards gets matched up against Stefan Gilmore, uh, I you know while he's got the size edge on him. Uh, Gilmore is just so good and so experienced that I, I think it would make for a, a, a rough night for Edwards. Um, so, it, it, you know, it, it, then you end up, so you've got Zay Jones and Nelson Aguilar uh, as your other receivers. So I mean, they've been I, producing, I don't know. So. Yeah, uh, they have. Uh, the, because in part of it, I think is because they've been afterthoughts. Because teams have had to focus on uh, Rugs' speed. So yeah. you know whether he's getting a ton of targets or not, that speed is a legitimate weapon and has to be accounted for. Uh, without that speed out there, we know Aguilar has shit for hands. Zay Jones has never produced consistently at the NFL level, much to my chagrin. Um, and Edwards being in his third game after missing a good portion of last year in his senior or junior senior season at, uh, in college, uh, it could be a rough game for the for the uh, Las Vegas wide receivers. It, it's you know if uh, Waller can't can't do something, it, it may very well be a tough game for those receivers. Yeah, and I, I tend to be with Dennis. I don't think they'll use Stephon Gilmore on Darren Waller because I don't think that you know physically is a great matchup for him. Which probably means with Rugs out, that is a you know that's a poorer sign for Brian Edwards, who probably they would view as the best receiver. You know, I don't know how many if you guys were watching in the beginning of uh, Sunday Night Football last week. New England's so depleted in the linebacker core; they actually their starting defense is a five-one-five. They had five starting defensive linemen, one linebacker, and five defensive backs. That was how they they did their introductions and their starters uh, when they were playing Seattle. Which which makes me think middle of the field. You know, we forget about it too. The the Raiders still have Jason Witten, another you know oh, potential shit. fantasy fantasy zombie to come in there um, to be punching through the middle. The only question I have about Waller is both he and Jacobs were on the injury report and are still listed as questionable. They're both expected to play, but that means they've been banged up a little bit. And obviously, New England, a pretty physical team, they have some pretty good safeties with the McCordys um, back there. So. Uh, but I still think he's the best bet. It's hard to bet on any of the wide receivers right now. I'm with Dennis Aguilar and Zay Jones. You know, good on them for getting touchdowns early in the season. Still leaves me feeling a little cold. 
Yeah, I'm I'm with you, and I think that's the reason why we have Jacobs and Waller as high as we do. It's just you know you're gonna those are the only two that you can actually count on, and I, I don't expect this to be a high scoring game. So I wouldn't expect. I mean, Jacobs obviously can make your day. Waller, I'm a little iffy on him putting up maybe more than like 10, 11 points. I, I think it's gonna be a be a tough game all around for both teams. On the uh, the Patriots side here, we both uh, we have Cam coming in at QB eight and Edelman. 16. Uh, how are you guys feeling about Nikhil Harry? Uh, we have him ranked in here, consensus at 43. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, and everybody who's listened to this for the past couple of years knows I'm I'm just not that big on Harry. I, I, he's a talented wide receiver. I just don't think he's going to be what people thought he was. Uh, you know, me and Matt talked about it on Monday. I think that was the reemergence of Julian Edelman. I feel like I, I felt uh, kind of lucky that I had him ranked as high as I did. And then he came in and, and balled out in that game. I think him and Cam are going to continue that connection. So what are your guys thoughts on Nikhil Harry for this game? Well, I, I have Harry ranked at wide receiver 34. Um, he He's a cam type receiver. So I think he's going to continue to get shots. He's a big guy. Um, I think that we have to get past that, you know, he's going to be uh, Julio Jones or A.J. Green or something like that. I think uh, uh, RB3, low RB, or wide receiver three, low wide receiver two is is his ceiling. Um, and he's going to be somewhat volume dependent. But I think as he continues to get his feet on the ground in this system and continues to develop with Cam – Cam, you know, has embraced Harry. Cam likes those big wide receivers. Uh, Edelman is going to be who Edelman is. He He's a volume guy, and it's easy to be a volume guy when you're always open, and Edelman is always open, it seems like. So nothing is going to change about that. The surprise side is going to be, well, uh, if Harry can do something with his targets, maybe he starts getting into the end zone, and, and that – creates a little, little bit more of a boom. Yeah, and for me, so the interesting thing is if you looked at the Raiders' first two games, the way that teams have actually been able to attack them, both Carolina and New Orleans, were using running backs, especially running backs in, you know, so you would you would think, oh, it's teed up to be a great James White game. Unfortunately, with all that's going on with him, he's out. Makes me kind of like Rex Burkhead maybe a little bit more than – you know, a Nikhil Harry. Um, Harry got a lot of targets last week, but they were kind of these short dump-offs trying to see if he could get it to go. Demir Bird was getting a lot of that. Edelman's the one I feel the best about. If ever there's a week where Sony Michelle is going to come to life, you'd think it's got to be, you know, this one where the, the Raiders have allowed running backs to, to have some pretty good days against them in the first two weeks, but I just don't have a lot of faith in him. Yeah, so, I mean, James White is out again. We talked about this a little bit yesterday, obviously, with, with what's going on with his family. I mean, football is irrelevant, in my opinion, obviously, uh, with that. So, I mean, are either one of you guys taking a shot, though? I mean, you still – it's it's mostly what going to be Sony Michelle and Rex Burkhead, but I feel like even that, they're, the Patriots will find a way to fuck that up for fantasy. So I kind of feel like I'm with you, Matt. I'm, I'm steering clear, and just it's, – it's Cam Newton and Edelman for me and, and – I'm not messing with that backfield. What about you guys? Well, 
if you if you believe in the whole Bill Belichick once a year makes one running back that you've never heard of before a thing, it could be a JJ Taylor game. You know, he's he's a uh, uh, pass catching wide receiver. Uh, he didn't. He only played one snap last week, but he's looked good in practices. I wouldn't put my money down on it, but he's more. He's definitely more dynamic than either Michelle or Burkhead. Yeah, I mean, I'll give you that, but for me, I think if I was pressed to play a Patriot that's not Edelman or Cam, I probably am doing Burkhead. There's some emergency running back situations where I actually am. I cop. I sent you a screenshot of one of those yeah. lineups, and you know he he probably will be a little bit like what we've seen with some of these guys. You know, yeah. he'll get you nine to twelve points. It's not going to be more than that, but there you go. I mean, at this point, with everybody that's banged up, nine to twelve points sounds magical to me. <laughs> so I mean, I'm you know you can't hope for much more. Uh, who are you guys picking to win, the Patriots or the Raiders? I am taking the Pats. I'm taking Patriots at home. Yeah, I'm going Patriots at home. All right, next up, the Washington football team and the Cleveland Browns. Washington, it's just McCord. We've got him at 10 here in our consensus ranks. Uh, we do have the Antonio Gibson at 25, just outside RB2 range. Uh, and Logan Thomas at tight end 16. Uh, obviously, not much to say. The only thing, actually, I, I might end up bumping McLaurin up because of the news today that Warren sat out the past couple practices with a hamstring injury. That was the reason why I ranked McLaurin a little bit lower. Denzel Ward, I mean, locked down A.J. Green the week prior. I thought, um, really, I mean, he got beat on one play with Marquise Hollywood Brown, but outside of that, he played pretty good against him. I think Ward's one of the better cornerbacks in the game, but him having a hamstring and possibly missing this game uh, is going to be big for McLaurin. Uh, the f- interesting thing is Antonio Gibson, I guess. What are your guys' thoughts on him? Because the Browns have actually been surprisingly really good against the run this year. They pretty much held uh, Baltimore in check. They did the same thing with Joe Mixon. On Thursday night, the one thing we have not, we did not expect from this Browns defense to be good against the run. They have shored that. So your guys' thoughts on Antonio Gibson? I, I think if you have Gibson, he's probably a borderline RB three, you know, RB two three flex play for you. Uh, he he's shown the explosiveness, and I got to believe that. Uh, Rivera and Scott Turner are going to be scheming ways to to get him uh, get the ball in his hands. He, uh, I'm looking real quick here, but I, I'm pretty sure that he dominated the uh, uh, touches last week or the snap count from the running back position. Yeah, he did, and that was probably the most encouraging thing in week two. We didn't see Barber vulturing as much. So I, I think if you're looking for a flex player, I, I think you can throw him in there and, and look at, at a good potential for upside. He, he could possibly go off. He could, he could get you 15 carries for 90 yards and, and a few passes. Wow, that's bold going Pats and Survivor. The Raiders are not quite that bad. Uh, 
I kind of feel the same. Gibson, uh, not a terrible uh, option, kind of a flex option. Um, look, Washington is a low-volume offense. They were last year. They appear that they're going to be that way this year. Um, Thomas has gotten some targets. Uh, Steven Sims, who I had hoped might have a, a better season, he's been banged up, hasn't really gotten totally involved. It was encouraging to me to see the Gibson – uh, wasn't getting replaced by veteran running backs as much, but you still see McKissick missing, mixing in there. You still see Barber sometimes mixing in there. He has the same kind of threat to me of like a, a Gaskin or a Singletary that somebody's going to come in and take a goal line carry away from him, which is a bummer. But he definitely, you know, they they liked him because he had that explosive p- potential, and that's something they've got to get opposite McLaren. Um, if they want to keep growing and if they want him to continue to thrive. Otherwise, he's going to end up with four defensive backs on him. And yeah. Gonna well, get it's going to come down to can, can Gibson handle the pass blocking? So McLaurin, or McKissick played 44% of the snaps to uh, Gibson 65. We know Gibson dominated the touches, but McKissick, I think, had – did a little better in the passing game as far as just raw catches, but Barber only played one snap. So I, I'm, I guess I'd, I'd, I'd have to dig deeper as my, uh, you know, moniker says there, I didn't, didn't have much time to get myself prepared. So I don't know if they just didn't have any short yardage slash goal line attempts to put Barber in. Yeah. Um, they got but I, I, pretty handily in week yeah. two. So. So I, I think that you know Gibson is going to continue to take more and more of that snap share. Uh, he's at sixty-five last week. You know I could see a seventy, seventy-five percent share this week. What are what are your guys' thoughts on Logan Thomas? Obviously, me and Matt previewed it last week on the Thursday night game. The Browns with their linebackers are beat up. Now, there's talk that Mac Wilson will be back. I still don't think he plays. He's only practiced once this week. Even if he does, he's coming back from that knee uh, with uh, the MCL sprain, I think is what it was. So they were vulnerable against the tight ends last week. We saw CJ Uzoma and Drew Sample have good games once Uzoma went out. So we none of us have Thomas that highly ranked. Are you guys just expecting it? Is that more of a the pass rush getting to Dwayne Haskins thing? You're just not a believer in Logan Thomas. What do you guys think on him? I just think we need to. It's a low volume offense, and while Thomas had nine targets last week. He only had 26 yards on four catches, so it, it's all close to the line of scrimmage stuff that he's he's getting right now. They just have to continue. He's he's got to continue to play. He, he played 91 percent of the snaps, so it's his position. It's he's the starter uh, unless he craps the bet over the next couple weeks. Uh, it's going to be hit. He, he's going to start the rest of the season, and he's going to get the volume. It'll just come down to can he develop enough consistency with that with those touches that he gets. Uh, I, to me, I need to you know he's in that that eight to sixteen range where he could be tight end eight, he could be tight end sixteen. Uh, anybody could, and, and it could be only you know four or five points that separate him. So, uh, and I need to see more on a consistent basis before I'm comfortable putting him up uh, higher. Yeah, and that's kind of it for me. You know, I think 
Cincinnati was moving at a much faster pace, getting a lot of snaps. We talked about Burrow through it 61 times in that game. I don't think any of us imagine Haskins throwing it 61 times. They're going to want to be slower. They're going to, they have a better defense, uh, you know, than, than Cincinnati, at least up front. So they'll probably be able to hold, uh, you know, this could be a lower scoring game. You know, the question I, I had Thomas at 14. He got nine targets last week. Um, I had him and Sample and Dalton Schultz, three of those kind of out of nowhere tight ends, tightly packed, 14, 15, 16 for me, just, you know, right on the upper end of tight end two range. You look at what Sample did, that, that's a, probably a good one to bring up. He had like seven or eight catches, but only 30 or 40 yards. Uzoma got a touchdown. So if Thomas gets a touchdown, he could easily go into tight end one territory for the week. But, you know, kind of like Dennis said, he could get a lot of targets and a lot of short catches and end up with, you know, seven catches for 40 yards. That's a borderline tight end one, maybe a high end tight end two. That's where I probably feel comfortable. How it's, you know, how many points do we think Washington is going to put up and how are they going to do it? Yeah. On Cleveland's side, we have Chubb coming in at RB 13, Hunt at 21, Odell at 20 and Landry at 27. Are you guys worried at all about this run game going up against this very tough defensive front? Their, their, their linebackers and their defensive line are, Arguably one of the best in the league. Uh, what are your thoughts on Chevin Hunt? I, I think they're going to do well. It's, you know, Washington hasn't given up uh, a ton of fantasy points to running backs. Um, but I think part of that is that they're fairly easy to um, pass on as well. So I, I think I, I would expect, you know, Chubb at 13. I'm not sure if I actually if I have him actually higher than that or not, but yeah, yeah. all three of us I, ranked Chubb at 12, and Ricky had him at 20, yeah. which is why he dropped a little bit. So we were all like right there on the cusp of RB one. Yeah, yeah, I think I had a couple bold calls in mind, which uh, you know I got Taylor at three, though I'd have probably had Taylor uh, ahead of Chubb anyways, uh, but Fournette at 11 and Drake at 10. So, um. I won't be the least bit surprised if Chubb is top five, but we know that defensive line, uh, that front seven in, in Washington is good. And so it'll come down to, can they get Baker rattled? And if so, how does the team react when that happens? Yeah. And, you know, we all thought Chubb is pretty good. We've all had him as a higher RB one at, at times going through the season. I'm a little bit lower this week in deference to that defense. Uh, Cleveland's also supposed to get Jack Conklin back this week, which helps their their blocking scheme up front. And we saw just Chubb being able to run over people. Hunt was running strong and also catching passes. I think those guys are going to be a big part of what Cleveland wants to do. And especially in a low-scoring, tighter game, you lean on your kind of stars and the guys to carry it. So will they be as great as they were last week? Maybe not, but they should still both be strong plays. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I'm not leaning away from him again. It, clearly, neither were us, as Matt just mentioned. The three of us were high on him. It was it was Ricky, our last ranker, who was pretty low on him. It is a scary front, uh, but I would I would say just with the Cincinnati game, even though they were up, it was still a close game. And the Browns teams in the past would start going to the pass more often in those games, where Kevin Stefanski stuck with the run, and I expect that to happen. I don't. 
I don't expect Washington to blow Cleveland out. I expect it to be a close game, so I think that they're going to continue running the ball. I do think that Odell has another big play this week. I actually think he'll finish higher than wide receiver 20 because of that. I think he's going to get another big play again this week. That secondary is not good, and if if he can get open, he just missed having two touchdowns last week. I think this week we start to see Odell getting on track, and we might see him rising up our ranks moving forward. You're the one that has some the lowest – well, I know, yeah, because I, I just, you know, it, it, he'll move up eventually, but it's one of those things where when I went through the rankings, it was kind of hard to put him up there because he only got, what, four targets last week? I mean, again, it's it's more of, I, just, I got a feeling, man. I got a feeling. Yeah. And that feeling we call is that more Odell touchdowns. We, we call that protecting the heart, Fox. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, you don't have to tell me. You won't find a lot of Denver people in my <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who you guys picking to win, the Browns or the football team? Give me Brownie the Elf. Yeah, as am I. The 0-2 Houston Texans versus 2-0 Pittsburgh Steelers, or I should say the 0-3 Houston Texans. Uh, just Watson and, and David Johnson for us. We've got Watson at 11, David Johnson at 20. Uh, Fuller Cooks, are you taking a shot on either one of them? And that is a stream. I say an extremely tough secondary, but old Daniel Jones and Darius Slayton sure beat it up, but they were able to hold um, – my God, who did they play in week two? Why did that just jump out of my head? Denver. Uh, Denver. And, oh, no, Jeff Driscoll actually had a pretty good game as well. So, but Not to the receivers. Okay, fair enough, I guess. I didn't watch much of the game, but you did, so I will believe you <laughs> Fan- on that. Fans. I mean, oh, him. that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. Uh, so Fuller Cook, you trust neither one of them? I am not. I mean, probably if I have to choose, I'm playing Fuller, but I'm not trusting either one of them in this matchup. What about you? Well, I just traded away Cooks, and uh, I, I, I'm i not looking for uh, Watson to have a great game. Uh, I think it's it's going to be, you know, that defense or offensive line uh, is struggling uh, in, in uh, Houston, and – Watson still hasn't figured out how to spread the ball around. I don't know if that's Watson. I don't know if that's O'Brien. But the the goal of well, we're going to get rid of DeAndre Hopkins because we've got other we've got lots of good guys and we can spread it around to a lot of different people isn't materializing quite as quickly as I think the Texans uh, would have hoped. So I'm I'm uh, probably I, I'm. Staying away from Will Fuller just because I, I've always been anti-Will Fuller and, and Cooks. Uh, you, you know, I, I think it's a it's a roll of the dice uh, with with any Texans players this week. Yeah, I'm not I'm not high on either of them either. I mean, Will Fuller to get zero targets with Watson in a game where he was not injured and they were trailing should give us all a little bit of pause. He looked really good week one. He looked like he fundamentally didn't exist last week. Cooks didn't do much week one, was a little better last week. They got Randall Cobb involved. I think they're also using both of their tight ends. And I watched the pressure that Pittsburgh has been putting on the last two weeks and thinking about the offensive line that's mostly a rumor in Houston. I think it's going to be – I think that's what hurts Fuller and to some extent Cooks because they're guys that – that you're going to go to down the field. Fuller isn't likely the guy that's running the two yard cross over your face. Um, And does Watson have that much time? I think we both, we all have Watson up a little higher because we think there's a good chance he might be running for his life. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I think it's better than a good chance. On Pittsburgh side, uh, we got Big Ben Roethlisberger coming in at QB 10, James Conner at 13, Juju at wide receiver 7, and Deontay Johnson at wide receiver 22. We've seen two good games at a Chase Claypool, which I don't think any of us on here expected. Has he become flex-worthy for you guys? We all have him at, down at wide receiver 50 in our consensus ranks. Well, I definitely think he's pushing hard uh, for that. Um, I, I think you can start him with as much confidence as you could start, um, you know, Will Fuller or, or Brandon Cooks or let's see. Well, Will Fuller or Brandon Cooks, whom we've already talked about. So I, I'm not going to be surprised if Claypool comes out. Uh, he's not getting a ton of volume. He's just converting the volume he's getting and he's looking good doing it and he's making some big plays and that's getting attention. Is it going to, is it, can he develop the consistency is going to be the thing. Um, He's typically when he's in there, he's playing against the third, oftentimes fourth defensive back. So he's not getting the best coverage guy. Uh, He typically outsizes the player pretty substantially you know, I, I'm okay to take the loss on him uh, this forward. And, and if he gets consistent throughout this season, maybe I'll try to pick some shares up somewhere. Um, but right now, uh, if you got him, I, I, I think if you're looking at a two running back, three wide receiver, two flex lineup, I think he's definitely in consideration for that second flex spot. I think based on what I've seen, it feels like he would have been a great, a better asset in best ball. Mm-hmm. He seems like the guy that they're kind of taking like their Hail Mary shot. And they, they fortunately, they they found the rookie corner in Denver and landed it against them. They found some soft coverage uh, because corners are mostly in prison for the New York Giants. So, uh, you know, that's worked out pretty well. Houston doesn't exactly have a great secondary. They've allowed more than 30 points both of the first two games they played. It's just a question of whether he hits one or not. I don't feel good enough about that to be a consistent consideration for a start, but um, definitely he's made some strides. Yeah, I'm not going to take the L on Claypool just yet. I want I want to see them play some actual better competition before we decide that he's going to be good. But I, I do I, I am kind of with you on that, Dennis. If he continues to produce at this, you you kind of have to. He's he's at least done better with the expectations a lot of us in the fantasy industry gave him. Maybe we should have bought more into the the narrative we've talked about before that uh, Pittsburgh just seems to know how to draft wide receivers and develop them. But I, I want to see a little bit more of that. Uh, who you got? Wait, I'm, I'm, we're not picking yet, are yeah. we? Yes, I'm, yeah. picking, uh, I'm taking the Steelers. Anybody taking the Texans? No, I'm no, taking the Steelers for me. Next up, the 101 49ers against the 0 2 Giants on the 49ers side here. It's we got Jarek McKinnon at 18. It looks like Kittle is going to play. Me and Matt talked yeah, about this. He's a game time decision, they yeah. said. I am not playing him, even if they come out and say that he is going to play. I just I don't expect him to do much. I'm I'm going another route. What are you guys doing? And are, are is anybody even taking a shot with Nick Mullins, even in the Superflex? Well, 
You know, it comes down to what your options are. If you had Garoppolo and you backed him up uh, and you're in a 12 or 14 or maybe even a 16-team Superflex, you might not have the option of a, uh, another quarterback. And so then you're comparing Mullins, who's going to touch the ball on virtually every offensive play, to a player that's likely going to get 30 to 50% of the snaps uh, at another position and, and hope for some big plays. So I, I don't, you know, Mullins has looked decent when he's played. Uh, I think that off offense tends to protect quarterbacks uh, with, with that running game. So Mullins just has to do enough in that passing game to keep defenses honest versus the run game. And I, I definitely think he's got the uh, tools to do that. Uh, I'm pretty high on McKinnon this week, I think. Uh, let's see. Um, we're at consensus 18. I have him at 19. So uh, I, I think McKinnon is he's, – he, he's been there two years. It's time for him to fulfill uh, his destiny as a 49er uh, and, you know, put the two years of injuries behind him. Uh, he popped popped last week. Let's let it roll. Let's see what he can do and uh, if he's the real deal. Yeah, I mean, no Mostert, no Tevin Coleman, uh, still no Debo Samuel. They Garoppolo's out, so they got Mullen in there. He hasn't looked bad when he's uh, been handed the reins before. They're going against kind of a mediocre Giants team that has its own set of injuries. I think, you know, the kind of game we saw, the 17-13 kind of game that they played against Chicago last week, they being the Giants, it, I wouldn't be surprised if we see that again. McKinnon will probably be good. I'm a little bit with you. Kittle could also end up being a decoy because we saw how well Jordan Reed was able to fill in and play that position. You know, I, I think if you drafted Kittle and you're thinking you've got you know, top end, tight end, Kittle, that's not who you should be playing. There are probably some situations where you're banged up enough that it's worth dropping him into a flex because, you know, Kittle could also catch one and take it 45 yards for a touchdown and be good enough to be a flex play. But it, I think this potentially is going to be a crappy, ugly game. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. It's, and that's why for me, it's just Jarek McKinnon. I, I, again, we talked about it yesterday. I'm lucky enough that I, I backed Kittle up with, with John and Smith in most of my leagues because of how high I was on him. If you were able to get Jordan Reed, I think he's more than good enough to plug in for Kittle this week. And I, I would still do that even if they do come out and say that Kittle is playing. On the Giants side, we have Slayton coming in at 25. Uh, we know that Devonta Freeman is likely not going to play. He can't even uh, actually sit in on practices and everything. I think it's Saturday. Today. Oh, Saturday. Okay, no, I knew it was today not. or Saturday. You have so. to have, after you sign, you have to have four days of yeah. negative COVID tests before you're even allowed to join the team. That's why you know a lot was made about Denver signing Bortles. He probably will be a game day inactive because they said they won't see him until Saturday. I believe he signed yeah. earlier than. Uh, Freeman, Freeman while they were haggling some things out. So I think a lot of people picked up Freeman, but it's probably going to be Gallman Lewis. Yeah. And I mean, for me, I'm avoiding both of them. I actually think this could be a very sneaky Daniel Jones, Darius Slayton game that that's where I'm leaning toward. Cause I just don't think I know Lewis had a couple nice moments in that game. I just, he looked washed to me last year and, and Gallman, I just, yeah, 
I'm, I'm not going to. It's Darius Slayton, and I, I honestly think Daniel Jones is going to have a good game in this one. What are your guys' thoughts for the Giants? Well, I think the best thing Daniel Jones has going for him is that uh, Nick Bosa, D. Ford, and Solomon Thomas yeah. uh, and, and Richard Sherman are all out of the game. Uh, it, it's, it's, this could potentially, this has the potential to be a shootout, uh, because the defenses are lousy. Uh, yeah. it also has the potential to be a snoozer because the offenses can't do a ton of stuff because they're missing so many players. Uh, I don't know which way this game is going to go. Uh, I, I love Darius Slayton and he's like, I mean, somebody's got to score points for these teams and I guess, in my opinion, for San Francisco, it's going to be McKinnon. And for New York, it's going to be Slayton. Uh, other than that, I don't know what the hell you do. Yeah, I like Slayton. And I'd probably be more excited about playing Golden Tate than either of the running backs we're going to get for New York. Because I still don't think, uh, you know, all those defensive linemen got banged up and knocked out of the game last week and the Jets still couldn't do anything. And I'm not sure that Frank Gore isn't better than either of the two options we're going to see for the Giants. Uh, so, you know, Sterling Shepard's on IR now, so it's pretty much that clarifies their passing game a little bit. He's had a good uh, connection with Daniel Jones. It was just a tough game. Uh, last week, Chicago still has some some decent uh, defensive backs, probably better defensive backs than 49ers have right now with uh, Sherman being on IR. So I think you go for it. You hope that Slayton gets one or two big ones and uh, makes your day. Who are you guys picking? 49ers or Giants? 49ers. As am I. Cincinnati 0-2 versus the 0-2 Philadelphia Eagles. We got Burrow coming in at 12, Mixon at 15, Boyd at 26, Green at 29, and Sample at 14. Is Mixon even a running back two moving forward? Moving forward, yeah. Tell us about this trade uh, as well. But continue with your thoughts on Joe Mixon. Oh, Oh, I'm sorry. Boy, I wasn't looking at someone the made a big trade, yeah, so, but he didn't put the details. Uh, so tell us about the big trade. But while we're waiting, tell us your thoughts on Joe Mixon. Well, I, I Mixon is clearly the 70 guy to Bernard's 30. And the the team learned last year uh when you get Mixon going, he does well. The team does well. I, I don't know if Zach Taylor is just playing this. Look, I've got some new things and I want to try some different stuff. But the reality of the situation is, is they need to, to, to run schemes that allow Mixon to get the ball uh, because he, he can break tackles. Uh, let's just have him breaking tackles two yards past the line of scrimmage instead of two yards before the line of scrimmage. And, and he'll be productive. Uh, They've got a lot of good pieces. They just need to gel. A.J. Green still shaking off the rust. I don't think he'll be what he was three years ago or four years ago, but he's a quality wide receiver. T. Higgins is coming on. Um, Tyler Boyd, I think, is the the one that they want there. Uh, he's, if, I'm, if I'm a fantasy owner, which I am, 
the guy I want to play in Cincinnati is Tyler Boyd. Auden Tate, John Ross, nope, it's Tyler Boyd, A.J. Green, then T. Higgins. Yeah, R.I.P. Auden Tate definitely definitely isn't the guy you want to see if he can even get past the other Michael Thomas. Um, Mixon, I think, still you have to consider him in the RB2 because he's going to get some kind of – because he's getting volume both as a runner and targeted as a passer. He just hasn't done a lot with it. I think where we have to moderate our expectations is, you know, in the offseason at points, he was a pretty high-end RB1. A lot of people took him there. I just am not seeing that uh, developing. I've liked uh, the way Burrow looked. You know, I think our friend Ricky was really high on on Burrow coming in, being the rookie of the year. He definitely has looked pretty good through two games. I think he's doing uh, pretty well. And – I'm with Dennis. I like Boyd, the best of the receivers. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see if Green starts to cede more to Higgins as we go through or if he looks closer to kind of the volume he was getting week one. You forget week one, if he doesn't get that weird offensive PI call on the touchdown, he looks a lot better maybe than where he yeah. looks right now. So thoughts on that trade? For the most part, I like it. I mean, I, I'm still, even though Allen Robinson has struggled this year, I like getting A-Rob. I think he's not that far off from Adam Thielen yet. Arguably the best tight end in the in the NFL at the moment with the way he's putting up fantasy points. And I still like DeAndre Swift. So while it, you're taking a downgrade there, obviously going from Edwin Hilaire to DeAndre Swift, I still think, I, I still like Swift a lot. What do you two think? So I like the trade for you. I think it's a great job. What about you two? I love I love the trade because you do get the best tight end in the game. Allen Robinson and Adam Thielen right now uh, are pretty even, and Edward Delaire's situation is better. Swift is the better running back, I so agree. I think in the end you're going to come out as a winner here. Uh, I I don't know if Swift will score more fantasy points this year, but he's definitely going to take that role in, in Detroit and, and be the guy, uh, whether or not he's doing it for Matt Patricia or if he's doing it for somebody else that actually uses the running back and tries not to get cute. Uh, that that's was, a different that, story. That was a little bit of my question. Is it redraft or dynasty? Cause that trade looks a lot better in dynasty to me than it does for yeah. this year. I mean, even um, this year, I question. don't, I don't hate it because Swift, I think, is still a flex option. He's still been putting up – Oh, I mean, it hasn't been no. Edwards Hilaire. But, well, I mean, he's got – I mean, I've started him in a flex spot a couple of leagues. He's got right around 9 to 12 points. That's flex-worthy. And you get Kelsey right there. I mean, said A-Rob's probably the biggest issue for me there. PPR redraft, full. Full-point PPR redraft. So, again, I mean, you're, you're taking a little bit of hit there with it being redraft on Edwards Hilaire to Swift. But I still don't mind him. Mean, you're getting again that what Kelsey is doing makes up some of those points that you just lost out from the step down from Edwards Hilaire to Swift. Your biggest thing is you're going to need a Rob to get to to start turning up to what he was last year because he has not been great. As someone who owns him in a couple of redrafts, he's been a tad bit disappointing. But I do expect hey, him. To we're going to get to it. There's no better get right game. That is very true. That is very true. Uh, on the Phillies, uh, Philadelphia. My God, the Eagles. The Eagles. Just say the Eagles. On the Eagles side, uh, we have got Miles Sanders up. Uh, it is not easy for me to say. Uh, the we got Sanders up at seven, Ertz at three, and Goddard at nine. I believe I have Sanders at like one or two. I know I'm very high on Sanders this week because Cincinnati cannot stop anybody. 
So I am all in on Miles Sanders. What are yes, we doing? Sanders at one. Yes. That's right. That's right. He's going to finish it like wide receiver. Wide receiver. Running back 11. Running back. You forgot a one. It's yeah. <laughs> Anyways, Carson Wentz, what are we doing with him? Uh, there's obviously a lot of talk that Philadelphia was going to be this great team. He has not looked good at all. Now, this is a get right game. I'm starting him because, you know, if Aker can put up that many points against Cincinnati, Carson Wentz has got to come close, right? So, what are we doing with him? Baker has receivers, well, though. Yeah. Are, are they, yeah. Are they getting Lane Johnson back this week? Did, that did I do not know. Live? Matt, do you know that uh, by any chance? I do not know. I will look and see. If it, not, you know, that's, fade all your Eagles. It, it's kind of it, you know he's they've had more trouble with the offensive line I think than uh, any team since Cincinnati last year. It's uh, uh, he was back. He played ninety-seven percent of the snaps last week. So Lane Johnson is back. Um, it ends up, you know, it, is he, can that offensive line start to gel and give Wentz, uh, opportunities to, to make plays? Uh, he doesn't have much to make plays with. Uh, that's why I, ha- I actually have Ertz at two and Goddard at four for tight ends. Um, I, I think Wentz needs to prove he can be consistent and, he he's not he you know he's a mid tier mid to low end QB two right now. Um, does he have a lot higher potential? He does, but he's not paying off on that. And so for right now, uh, I'm gonna t- I'm not I'm not selling, but I'm also not expecting him to ha- come out and, and put up you know a forty point game this week uh, or next week uh, or, or the week after. Um, but we'll see if Philly can start to put it together, get people healthy, and maybe start to make a run. Yeah, when your coach comes out and tells the media we're really relying on J.J. Sega whiteside to do something, you know that your passing game has uh, as issues surfing around the toilet. I, I For me, I think it's a little bit, too, you talked about it. We watched uh, how this Cincinnati defense uh, played against uh, Cleveland. You know, they had a lot of trouble stopping straight ahead running. They also allowed running backs to take passes. And when you have Miles Sanders, you know, I think that's going to be a lot better. They have those two tight ends who are who are going to get some things done. I, I Wentz right now is a low end QB two. They don't they aren't giving him a lot of time. He looks like he's struggling a little bit with kind of the lack of receivers. And we saw, you know, I thought Dennis made a good point comparing it to Cincinnati last year. Cincinnati last year had all these all these weapons we're looking at, and we're like, why are they not being able to put up points to be successful? They figured it out later in the season as they went along how to compensate. But early in the season when they had no line, it was really hard to run. It was hard to pass. It was hard to do anything, even though they, they had some fairly good pieces and they had a competent quarterback. So – that appears to be a little bit of Philly's uh, trouble. At least they play a, you know, maybe more friendly defense this week. But the the Bengals can put up some points. If I was an Eagle fan, I think I'd be a, a little nervous. Um, it's not been a very good start. I mean, if I was a fan, I'd be. Extremely- 
extremely nervous because I'm picking the Bengals to win this game. I am as well. I think uh, it's a game where uh, they could, you know, if they're playing catch up, Burrow is out there and he, when he can just be natural and let it fly, uh, I think he's good. He's, he, he's agile. He, he gets out of the pocket when he needs to. And um, I, I think Cincinnati's going to pull it out. I'm still going with the Eagles. But Tennessee what? and Minnesota. Tennessee 2-0, Minnesota very surprisingly 0-2, right? Speaking of bad starts. Yeah. (laughs) Tannehill coming into QB 15, Henry coming into RB 8, and Jonu Smith at tight end 8. We do know that A.J. Brown is out. We have Corey Davis currently ranked in at 38. Minnesota has been thrown all over. These first two games, are we expecting Corey Davis and John U. Smith to be good? I know that he was on the injury report, but from everything I read, it was just more of a precaution thing. His ankle is fine. So I'm all in on John U. Smith again this week. Your guys' thoughts on Smith and obviously fifth-year breakout wide receiver, Corey Davis. You can take it, Matt. I mean, I think Smith will be good. I, I have him as a high tight end one. Corey Davis had uh, the same kind of opportunity kind of going into the last week and Tannehill threw for four touchdowns and Corey Davis was just okay. Um, he could be just okay. Again, I think wide receiver three is probably a more reasonable expectation. Yeah. I didn't, didn't rank AJ Brown. So I was just checking to see, and I have Corey Davis at 38. So uh, I feel like this is a game where, you know, Henry's got to start to get fired up somewhere, doesn't he? Uh, it, it's not like yeah. they have a ton of other running back options. So um, I, I don't think ten, – I, I think Tennessee's going to look at the game and think, well, we've seen Cousins go six for 30, so we know we don't have to score a ton of points to win this thing, so let's grind it out and eat up the clock uh, with A.J. Brown out and, and – uh, I, I think it could be – this could be – Jonathan prob- Taylor savaged this defense last week too, so yeah. they definitely not exactly stopping – they're not stopping anything. Yeah. That's very true. All right. Uh, let's see here. On Minnesota's side, you got Dalvin Cook at RB6 and Adam Thielen at wide receiver five. Or are you taking a shot on anybody else? I am not. As yeah, much as I want to start Irv Smith somewhere, it's just not panning out this year. No. So, no. Not until they uh, draft Trevor Lawrence because they're probably going to be the worst team. I think they're going to be worse than the way Jacksonville's looked at least. I'm going to see in this one. What about you guys? Yeah, I'm taking Tennessee. I'm Tennessee as well. The 2-0 Chicago Bears versus the 0-2 Atlanta Falcons on Chicago's side. David Montgomery coming in RB16 and Allen Robinson at wide receiver three. As Matt mentioned earlier, this is the get-right game. This is what we need from Allen Robinson. I definitely need a big week since I stupidly started Mike Gusecki over Miles Gaskin last night. What are your guys' thoughts here? Are we believing in Montgomery moving forward? He looked good against a good defense, but looks spectacular last week against a bad defense. I think Montgomery is who he is. He's a, he doesn't have long speed. He hops around a little too much in the hole. Um, and he's going to get 
what's blocked. So as long as that offensive line can create a hole for him, uh, Montgomery's going to have some good games. He's a good receiver as well. Um, he's a nice all-around back. So I, I like Montgomery on the low end, mid to low end uh, running back too. Uh, I, I think it's easy to buy in. Uh, he, he kind of is he, – he's like an old, comfortable pair of jeans. He's not spectacular, but you can throw him on anytime. You can go out to – you, you can't go out to a, a five-star restaurant, but you can go out to a sit-down restaurant where maybe you throw on a button-down shirt and a jacket with them old jeans. You know, it's kind of David Montgomery. Yeah, I was encouraged that he's getting passing work, too. Um, you know, Tariq Cohen has not been a huge factor uh, the first two weeks, so uh, I think it's a really good sign about the confidence that they have in David Montgomery and that he's uh, healthy going forward i'm excited to see what he does against a much weaker defense well you, you know that classic coaching front office move you sign your receiving back to a contract extension then don't throw the ball to him yeah. well that's i mean that's chicago. just classic stupid chicago yeah that's a, all our chicago it. fans just logged off because we gave them ptsd yep Matt Ryan coming in at QB9, Calvin Ridley, wide receiver 2, and Hayden Hurst, tight end 11. There's a lot of talk that Julio will not play in this game. If he is given the green light and all go on Sunday, are you playing him? Yeah, I think I play him with trepidation. Uh, I don't think we've seen any elite wide receiver play decoy more than Julio Jones. Hold on, your cat's going to make me sneeze. Uh, but, but I, I, I do think it does certainly start. It does feel like that the roles are changing in Atlanta and that Ridley is the one, uh, Julio's still super productive, catches a lot of balls, gets open, gets a lot of yards. But, uh, uh, I, I think you start Ridley comfortably and, and Julio, uh, you expect him to be Julio uh, unless we hear more news that he's just not getting around uh, or he gets sat. You know, you, you still I think you still got to play him. I, I can't imagine that you've got three wide receivers and and uh, two flex players better than Julio Jones. Yeah, I think I'm in the same boat. If he goes, you play him. But to me, I moderate expectations both because. Uh, you know, we saw Chicago has a little bit better of a secondary, can hold some receivers down, and also hamstring we've seen has been uh, the Achilles heel of uh, fantasy owners all year long. So it's not something to mess with. But, uh, you know, we figure Atlanta pretty much all year seems like they're going to be down or struggling and having to go score points. They can never score enough points. They scored 39 points last week and lost. So, uh, you know, I think they're offensive pieces. That's going to be great for fantasy. It's not good if you're a Falcon fan, but it's great for fantasy. Yeah. Yeah, I think – I almost think if you have Julio, the chances of you having somebody better to play are not going to be there. If if they give him the green light, I imagine I'd just send him out there to be a decoy. If he gets you a touchdown, he'll, he'll come through for you. So I'm still starting him as long as he's a good, a good to go. Who are you guys picking to win this game? I'm taking Atlanta. I'm taking Atlanta too. I think they got to win one of these home games. I'm taking Chicago. New York Jets 0 2 versus the 1 1 Indianapolis Colts. There's no one. 
there's no, no one to talk Jets. about on the Jets. So yeah, Indianapolis, we've got Taylor at five. Uh, that's really about it. Are we expecting Naheem Hines to get any more involved? Or I'm sorry, for those of you in the fantasy community, Naheem Zeckler, because he's going to be a thing. Are we expecting him to get involved this week? I can't believe the disrespect that was shelled out right there for Braxton Berrios. Hey, you know what? I almost had to start him in a league, so it's not <laughs> disrespect. I just don't want to. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I, I think with uh, uh, Naheem Hines, you know, the he's good at what he does. Unfortunately, Jonathan Taylor is good at what he does too. And so when you have I, – I, well, I'd love for Hines to cut out a consistent role. I think it's going to be spotty. And if you're starting Hines, it's it's because you're saying, well, do I go Naheem Hines or do I go Braxton Berrios? And, and it's that's kind of the decision you're making. In that case, because, you go Hines. <laughs> you know, because Taylor's – Shown him that he can catch the ball, and and we know what a beastie is running it. And I I don't think that – well, let me rephrase this as I sit back here. So we know Paris Campbell is out, so Hines may soak up some Paris Campbell touches. It's going to be Pittman and uh, T.Y. Hilton on the outside. So, you know, as I I talk through this – you know, I think there's he's, he's probably flex worthy now that I say that out loud. I think he may move out to the slot a little bit more. Yeah, I think we saw the 49ers last week were able to use all three of their running backs and mix them in. A lot of success getting passing touchdowns and work on the ground. I think both running backs could have a decent day. The Jets are not a very good team. Um, and I think the strength right now in the Colts offense, uh, given what we've seen from Rivers, is – those backs and maybe some tight ends uh, looks like Boyle's tracking toward playing. Be curious to see what the split is with him and Mo Alley Cox. Cause that was one of our questions is could Cox have a role going forward? And if you look yeah. at some of the teams that have, uh, you know, if you look at the way San Francisco played against the jets last year, it was running back and tight end kind of dominating them. And those are uh, good signs of fair Colts fan. Anybody taking the jets? Nope. Not nope. even their mothers. Yeah. All right. Carolina 0-2 versus the 1 and 1 Los Angeles Chargers. On Carolina's side, uh, we've got DJ Moore coming in here at 15. Mike Davis at 28. Now he did look good uh in his spell of CMC in that game. What are your guys' thoughts about him going up against this Chargers defense? Well, I, I think he'll be productive. I actually, I just interviewed Jeff Hassley from Football Guys uh, for my Saturday evening post article, and he's a Carolina guy. Uh, and his expectation is that Davis is going to put up about 45 to 50% of McCaffrey's production in fantasy points, and that Reggie Bonifon is going to probably put up about 30% of it. But between the two of them, they're not going to achieve 100% of Christian McCaffrey. So uh, overall, you should expect a reduction in numbers, and that's kind of how they they think he thinks it's going to be split. Um, I, I, I like Davis is you know he's one of those guys that has shown pop when used sparingly, 
but then he never can seem to take that next step and get the role. So for four or five games, three, four or five games, I think he, he'll be a serviceable RB3 flex guy. Yeah, I think he has definite flex appeal, but we've seen the Chargers have done uh, pretty well. They held CEH uh, in yeah. check uh, when they were playing last week. They did a pretty good job of holding Mixon and Geo in, in check first week. So I think Davis will be an okay flex, but if you're thinking that he's going to you know, kind of ball out, this isn't the greatest matchup, and they're on the road. On the Chargers side here, we've got Eckler coming in at 9, Keenan Allen at 14, and Hunter Henry at 6. I will say that I'm going to raise both Allen, Will, or I'm sorry, all three of Allen, Williams, and Henry up uh, with us now knowing that Herbert is starting for sure. Uh, what are you guys expecting out of him? And an interesting, I guess, start-sit question for, for you two fantasy analysts here. Carson Wentz or Justin Herbert this week? Herbert. Yeah, I think I'm in a situation with most of my teams where I'm like, fuck it, roll the dice, I'm going Herbert. Well, Carolina's but, also allowed three-plus touchdowns in yeah. like record 16 straight games. <laughs> yeah. What are we expecting from the, the rookie of the year, Justin Herbert, in his second game? <laughs> you know, I, I think 250 really yards. And, on Tyrod, weren't you? Uh, you have no idea. You have no idea. Again, I look like Sean McVay. It's easy to just walk into the stadium and be like, oh, hey, hey, Tyrod. Oh, man, my bad. I'm sorry. Let me go get a doctor really quick. Go ahead, Dennis. Let me go get a real doctor really quick. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I I, think Herbert is going to have a decent game. I, it could be a little bit tougher just from the standpoint of now there's a full game of film on him. I think the counter to that is, well, this week they actually are planning for Herbert to play uh, in Los Angeles, and so they can develop the game plan to fit him versus him having to just take over the game plan developed for Tyrod. Uh, I think what Herbert's fortunate, he's got a pretty good surrounding cast. Uh, Losing their center was a little bit tough for them, Uh, but it looks like uh, wrong, wrong sheet. Um, so whoever stepped in at center is going to have to do well. I mean, you know, the Pounceys are both great centers and losing him for the rest of the season uh, could could be bad for the Chargers. But I like Herbert to, you know, put up 250 and a couple touchdowns. Yeah, I think he'll have a nice solid day. I think he'll be uh, an upper-tier QB, too. All right. Who I agree. I think I think Herbert's gonna smash this week. He would be more worried. And I don't I put out on Twitter because I'm an idiot. I thought they played the Ravens this week, and I, I don't know why. I was like, be careful though. Tough matchup. Nah, he's gonna he's gonna smash this week. I'm excited for him. Uh I am taking Herbert to win his first NFL game. What about you guys? Chargers. I'm taking Herbert as well. The one and one Tampa Bay Buccaneers going up again. Mr. Fox's Denver Broncos at 0 and 2. Fournette at 19. Godwin at 10. And Edvins at 13. Brady has always struggled against Denver. However, they are missing some of their key pieces on defense, most notably Vaughn Miller and Chris Harris, who left to go join the Chargers this offseason. Matt, what are your thoughts about Tom Brady coming back to Denver? He's got a losing record there, and uh, I don't think he's going to improve that at all on Sunday. Ooh, I like it. Hot take. Dennis, what about you? 
I think Leonard Fournette is going to run wild. Uh, I, I feel like the the Bucks are going to win, but it isn't going to big be a big blowout passing game for Brady. It's going to be uh, Fournette just grinding out yards on the ground. And we've seen, you know, Fournette's perfectly happy to go, you know, 22 carries for three yards and then one carry for 70 yards. So it looks like he had 21 carries for 73 yards. <laughs> yeah, I think it's more of a Fournette game as well. Obviously, Godwin and Evans can still get theirs. I'm still debating on who I'm going to pick in this one, but I, I do think it's going to be a good game. I was actually pleasantly surprised with what I saw at Jeff Driscoll last week. So I, th- I do think that they're going to be able to keep it close. On Denver's side, we got Gordon in at 22 and Noah Fant in at 17. They are going up against a very good defense in Tampa Bay. So what are you expecting from this Denver offense? Take it, Matt. Um, You know, I think it's going to be a heavy dose of Fant. Uh, I think they're going to try to get K.J. Hamler involved uh, to use that speed. We saw Carolina actually be able to throw against them uh, last week. And in the, f- the first week, um, you know, Kamara had some success. They had some real success going to Cook. Uh, I think that bodes well for, for Fant. Uh, Judy's a little banged up, um, but it's going to be by committee. They, In some ways, it might have benefited Denver's receiving court to not have one guy they can kind of lock down and focus on. There's three or four guys uh, that could be in there, and they use two or three tight ends. <laughs> And that's the way they're going to really have to try to win. So if Judy is out, do you think that Patrick and Deshaun Hamilton uh, and uh, whoever the heck else is there will be able to step up? And Matt is very I, big on Hamler this week. Yeah, I don't think Judy's going to be out, but I do. Um, I do like Hamler. Uh, Hamler and then Patrick. Deshaun yeah. Hamilton just. It, he he's the it. Chris Conley of the Broncos. Well, unfortunately, unfortunately. Just seen it. You know, I've, I root for the guy, but I've watched him out there. He doesn't get a lot of targets and doesn't seem to do much with his targets. I think they're more likely, especially with a stout front to play more Vanette and Jake, Butt, which they've been doing two and three tight ends. All right. So who are we picking to win this game? Denver, Tampa. I'll ride with you, Matt. Taking Denver just because I want to see Tampa Bay go down. Tom Brady only- looks like a forty-three-year-old playing quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> this week he looked like Jeff- a fifty-three-year-old playing quarterback in the NFL. The zero and two Detroit He's Lions. No Jeff Driscoll, that's for sure. Versus my two and zero Arizona Cardinals, was riding that train all season long, and my God, is Kyler Murray making me look smart? Matt Stafford coming in at 14, Kenny Galladay at 20, and Hawkinson at 10. Which RB are you playing out of the three? We saw Swift has continued to get a bulk of the snaps and out there more often, but then we saw Carrion come in and vulture the touchdown last week, so still getting a lot of receiving work. You got to pick one of them. Who you going? We have uh, Swift at 26. He is the highest of the three. You guys already know where I'm on this. I've been all in on DeAndre Swift all offseason and so far this season. So where are you guys going? Swift is going to be the Okay. Yep. If you're playing carry-on, you're praying a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, there's only one one play difference between the two last week. Or no, wait. Yeah, one play. 
Johnson played 19, Swift played 20, Peterson played 15. So it's a fairly even split. I just think in a situation like that, you you're you have to do one of two things. You're either hoping for the touchdown from the short yardage guy or you're hoping for the explosiveness from the explosive guy. And I think overall, uh, I, I like Swift's chances a little bit better. On Arizona's side, we got Kyler Murray coming in at QB3, Kenyon Drake at 11, and DeAndre Hopkins at 1. This is the highest we've seen Drake so far this season. He has not had a good uh, start to the season. We got Do we have him ranked this high due to the matchup here against Detroit? And are you guys worried about Chase Edmonds, who has looked good? Uh, I, I'm, I've got him ranked up there because of the matchup. Uh, Detroit's just got an awful defense. Yeah, and I'm the lowest of the three of us. I actually had Drake at 19, um, and I have Edmonds at 27. I still, it still feels like they're splitting to me. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with with you, Dennis. I think Kenyon Drake, the matchup is perfect. If he's going to have that game, it's going to be this one. I think Kenyon Drake. If you watch the games, I've been watching Arizona's games. He doesn't look bad. The problem is Kyler Murray is running the ball so much more this year than what we saw out of him last year. He did not run the ball as much. And when he's taking off and scoring those touchdowns as well, it's going to hurt Kenyon Drake some. He doesn't seem to be checking the ball down as much. Uh, so I'm, I'm a little bit worried about Kenyon Drake moving forward. But as of right now with this matchup, you can start him. And I am taking the Cardinals to go to 3-0. and oh. What about you two? Yeah, as much as it pains me, Cardinals. Yeah, I'm going Cardinals as well. As much as this pains me to say, I think this might be the most exciting matchup of the weekend. The Dallas Cowboys versus the Seattle Seahawks. Never thought we'd say this, but I feel like this is going to be a shootout. I am not expecting this to be a very good defensive game. For Dallas' side, we've got Dak coming in at QB1, Zeke RB1, Amari Cooper at wide receiver now, which, by the way, did you guys see how high, high high-ranked Amari fucking Cooper? You guys are welcome. I'm coming around on him, guys. It hurts me to say it, but I'm coming around on him. CeeDee Lamb in at 17. The reason... Oh, God, you were the highest on Cooper. I know. I know. You guys are welcome. And I say that because I think Gallup is going to get the tougher matchup. Well, so here's the reason why. I'll, I'll be honest. I did a lot of digging into this because I've watched both games, and I'm like... Amari Cooper, he usually gets targeted fairly heavily, but he's not always that productive. I was like, okay, what's going on here? And I don't remember which one of you said this, but I know someone said it in the offseason. There was a lot of talks that they were going to move him into the slot role. He is playing a lot more at the slot than he has the past two years. That, to me, gives him the best matchup on the field because now you have CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup on the outsides getting the tougher coverages. What it's led to is Gallup, most of the time is getting those number one matchups. So that's where I thought Gallup was going to produce this year because I thought Amari Cooper would get those where he traditionally struggles. They've moved Cooper. I think you've got hats off to Mike McCarthy for making that move. Amari Cooper has been absolute gangbusters this season. So for me, that's why I'm downgrading Gallup, upgrading Amari Cooper and CD Lamb. What are you guys doing with these three? Uh, I have Cooper and Lamb, uh, Cooper and Gallup, uh, pretty close together, like right next to each other, at uh, twenty and twenty-one. Um, okay. 
I do think that there's going to be some explosion coming from that Dallas offense. Uh, and I think it's coming from C.D. Lamb. I have Lamb at four. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a, a high-scoring game. Uh, Zeke is my RB1 this week, and Lamb is my wide receiver four. So uh, I, I'm in on him. Yeah, I guess for me, Gallup just seems like the odd man out, so I have him a little bit lower. Um, and it seems like in the clutch that Dak is looking for Cooper, Ezekiel Elliott, and Lamb. Um, you know, so I hope they can get Gallup involved more. It's been kind of a bummer, but it just feels like that's uh, kind of where it's settling out. They've even pounded the ball to the tight end, either Darwin or Schultz more than they've seemed to to get it to Gallup. And sometimes when you have an embarrassment of riches, somebody gets left holding the bag. Yeah. For Seattle's side, we've got Wilson at 2, Chris Carson at 10, DK Metcalf at 8, and Tyler Lockett at 12. I expect them to continue to let Russ cook. The interesting thing will be, if you had to take Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, or the field to finish at QB1 this week, who you take it? I'm taking Wilson or Wilson. Dak. I, I, yeah, I think – well, you can choose either one. One of the quarterbacks in this game or the field, I'm taking this game. I think this is yeah, going to be game. a huge game. Yeah, I have Wilson at one and Prescott at two, so. Yeah, I think we all do. It's, I don't I don't think – I mean, we, we all, Dak Prescott comes in at one and, and Wilson at two. We're all expecting – and, of course, we say that, and then it's going to – well, no, the Atlanta Cowboys game turned out the way we thought it. It just took it till the third quarter for that to happen. But, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a huge game. I think my next big question uh, before we pick the game, uh, because we were all kind of hesitant on Metcalf last week because of the matchup against Stephon Gilmore, and then Metcalf had the grown man touchdown of ripping the ball away from Gilmore and scoring. Has Metcalf become matchup proof? Because for me, he has. After seeing that game, I'm never, I'm not downgrading him regardless of the matchup. Yeah, DK Metcalf is a grown ass man, and uh, you know he's he's putting it together. Uh, the team plays to his strengths. Uh, they don't ask him to do frequently the things he struggles with, um, but he's his he's worked at his craft, and you can tell that uh, he's playing with a chip on his shoulder because everybody sort of said, "Oh, you can't you you turn like a a, a yacht." Well, he's out there showing everybody that he's a he's a, he's a bit he's the real deal. Yeah. Yeah, I think he'll be good this week. All right. I am taking the Seahawks. Who are you guys picking? Seahawks. I'm gonna go Dallas. All right. The Sunday night game, which also I do think is going to be a good game. The two and Green Bay Packers versus the one and one New Orleans Saints. We've got Rodgers coming in at seven and Aaron Jones at three. Adams is doubtful. I honestly do not think he's going to play. Me and Matt kind of spent a lot of time talking about this yesterday due to my extreme ownage of Devontae Adams and not being able to put anybody except for Willie fucking Sneed in if Adams doesn't go. Doesn't look like he's going. I already know where Dennis is going, but if Adams doesn't play, who who benefits? Well, I'll let Matt take this one. Matt's I think going to agree with you. MBS. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I actually I, I think that it, it'll end up being both him and Lazard having good games. Um, it, it's just a, you, you know, Valdez Gandling 
just has the speed. His hands, I don't think, are as good as Lazard, um, but they do things a little bit differently. And Rodgers uh, is developing trust with them. And I think this is going to be a game, if Adams is out, where we see that trust come to fruition. And MVS has more than just a big play. I think he gets more overall volume. Uh, and, and Lazard has a good game as well. Uh, but it's Aaron Jones's world, and the rest of the Packers are yeah. just living in it. Yeah. I agree. Never thought I'd say this about the New Orleans Saints. Are you playing anybody besides Alvin Kamara, who we have coming in as as RB2? I am not. It's tough. Uh, I think in some of the tight end premium leagues, you might take a look at Jared Cook. Um but Breeze isn't looking good this year. It's uh, I actually benched Breeze for Ben and and benched him in a couple of the spots. I have him. You know, maybe when Thomas comes back, he'll look better. I thought it was going to be great for Emmanuel Sanders too, and he he doesn't look. They you know they haven't found it. Yeah, I mean I'm hoping they will. Obviously, all three of us picked him to make the Super Bowl, so we're hoping they turn it around. But uh, yeah, it's not looking good in New Orleans right now. And I am taking the Packers to go to three and zero. What about you guys? Yeah, I'm going Packers. Drew Brees, I can't quit you. I'm taking the Saints. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm one of us is going to go down with that shit. I can't, I'm bailing already. We're going to do midseason picks, by the way, and redo our Super Bowls. Trust me, the Saints aren't going to be there. I'm just kidding. I'm just Monday trying to night. have my wife get back in front of me and picks can pick them. I got you. Well, I'm going to be honest. I don't even know if these are the teams that I actually picked. I'm just kind of picking them as we go. I probably went Saints watch. I'm just covering all my bases, I guess. Uh, the other game that I think besides Dallas-Seattle that's going to be a really good one is Kansas City and Baltimore, both sitting at 2-0. and For Kansas City's side, we have Mahomes at 5, CEH at 12, Tyree Kill at 11, and Travis Kelsey at 2. What are you guys expecting out of CEH? Again, Matt mentioned it a little bit earlier when we were talking about the trade with Swift, and I'm sure De- I believe Dennis touched on it as well. Looked phenomenal in week one against Houston, but struggled last week against a good Chargers defense. Baltimore's is better. I am not expecting a big game from CEH. I just think due to the passing volume, he will eventually come through for you. What are you guys doing with CEH this week? Well, I think if you have him, you pretty much have to start him, uh, in, except in rare instances, and the hope that that team can perform. The Ravens have given up the second fewest fantasy points, or they're tied for the fewest fantasy points uh, to running backs. Uh, yeah, and so I, I like Ceh as a player, but I just think it's going to be one of those games where uh, you you start him because of where he was drafted and probably what your running back depth looks like, and, and uh, but you do it with reservation. Yeah, I think he has RB1 upside, but I I think I wouldn't be surprised to see him in the RB2 range again this week. For Baltimore, we got Lamar coming in at QB4, Mark Ingram, RB24, Marquise Hollywood-Brown, wide receiver 24, and of course, Mark Andrews at tight end one. We saw Hunter Henry have a very good game last week with Justin Herbert there at quarterback. We expecting a bounce-back game for Andrews. I mean, obviously we are, but what are yeah. your thoughts on him? We have him as tight end one, so that, that's kind of a dumb question on my part. I apologize. I worded that wrong. What are we expecting for a bounce-back week in Mark Andrews? 
I I think he's gonna you know be up there in the probably you know six catches, eighty yards, two touchdown kind of game. Um, I, I think he's the biggest weapon that the that they well I take that back. Lamar is probably the biggest weapon, but uh, Andrews provides such a mis- mismatch. Uh, I think if any team. Uh, knows how to play against that though it's it's probably Kansas City because they've had to practice against uh uh Travis Kelsey for the past 8 years or 9 years yeah i think when you're talking about two teams that are potentially the you know cream of the crop afc contenders clashing it's going to be the stars that come through and deliver. And I think that's what we expected from Kansas city. That's what we're expecting from Baltimore. Probably their biggest passing game star and weapon is Andrews. Uh, you know, I think Andrews and Kelsey, it, they're probably going to be a little bit inspired playing against each other this week yeah. on a big primetime stage too. So I expect a, a, you know, much bigger game. They'll probably need him more than they did last week when they had Houston pretty well handled and didn't have to target him a lot. And well, I will say, I don't think Ravens this is going to be, Go ahead, Dennis. I'm saying the Ravens give up the six most points to tight ends, and, and the Chiefs the twelfth most points. So it, it could it could be a game. Uh, you know, as, as I look at these rankings, we may very well want to swap them. Yeah, I'm sure Kelsey will move up some. I, I don't. Oh, I was going to say is I don't expect this to actually be a high scoring game. I, I think both these defenses are going to come to play a little bit. I think they're going to be able to keep Hollywood Brown. Uh, in check, this run game has not looked good for Baltimore. Really, I mean, the, Cleveland was able to shut them down. They didn't look that great last week. I mean, you go back and look at it, the numbers look good, but that's because of a couple big plays that Mark Ingram broke and Gus Edwards. And I don't expect the Chiefs to have a, a huge game. As I expect it to be a good game, but not a huge game. I am taking the Chiefs to go to 3-0. and Who are you guys picking? I'm Ravens. taking Baltimore. All right. I just want to let you guys know, holy shit, an hour and 36 minutes. We did it. We were able to keep it under two hours, baby. I'm excited. Did a great Dennis, job. Today. Don't do any prep anymore. That was, that was <laughs> <key>. <laughs> All, right. All right. We will be back on – me and Matt will be back on Monday. Ricky will be live with me on Sunday to do some start and sit stuff. Obviously, if you guys have any other questions, you can find us in our Discord channel. You can find that on musiccitydriving.com, or you can hit any of us up on Twitter, Dennis at culture underscore coach, Matt at Nighthawk7734, me at SportsFanaticMB. We'd be happy to give you a link to get in there. I did forget to put the pop-up on here if you're watching live. So if you're, wa- if you're still watching or if you're listening – we are partnered with Thrive Fantasy. You can type in promo code GEEK, enter $20, get to $20 back. Guys, enjoy the weekend. Hope you win your fantasy matchups. Let the fantasy gods be ever in your favor. We will see you guys again on Monday. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your pop.